of our hearts. You have received our requests, Lord. Father, we we are looking forward to the answer, the answering of these things. Father, we ask for a bountiful harvest. Thank you, Father. Tonight we pray that you will give us insight, more further insight, Lord, into your speaking and what you have to say to us. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your holy name. We worship you. We give you glory, our Father. We honor you. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. We bless your name. Amen. Father, we thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, let's open our Bibles by God's grace. Let's open to Luke chapter. Luke chapter 4. Amen. Please say welcome to someone. I'm happy to see you. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. Shamarahata pastor priyarose. Maratasi hatula pano parioske. Faradasatamaya. Pasatanduli kayo. Father, we thank you for the supply of your spirit. We ask that we will receive, Father, more, more grace to, to fetch, Lord, the right incense that we need to have, Father, for, to pray down your will for this time. Father, I pray for every heart of our hearts, Lord, that each of us, we have baptism. Amen. Baptism of baptism of hearts, the right heart, the right posture of our heart and our, our souls, Lord, to, to drink and to, to receive all of your blessing in this time. Father, I thank you for the, the grace and the mercy for quantum leaps, for leaps in the spirit, leaps in understanding, leaps in comprehension, Leaps also in obedience, in life. Father, I thank you. Thank you for the dissolution of doubts and contrary thoughts and high things, Lord, that exalts themselves against your knowledge within our hearts. Father, I thank you because this is the time where every mountain shall be brought low. 
and every valley shall be filled, every crooked part shall be straightened, and every rough part shall be smoothened within our heart. Thank you for that, that highway of holiness which leads into your very presence will become unveiled, Lord, in us. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We give you all the praise and what we worship your holy name. Father, we ask for, let there be a change of the atmosphere. Amen. The atmosphere of our hearts. The, atmosphere, the surroundings of our soul, Father, may begin to change, Lord, as your, your living word breaks through. I ask God for chains to be broken, deliverances. I ask for the marking of great victories, greater victories in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. We give you praise. Amen. Lord, use my heart to speak your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's go. Luke Luke chapter 4. I think we're seeing this yesterday, how um, Jesus came into... It says he returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. That's Luke chapter 4, verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him throughout, through all the region round about. Praise God. So you see that the fame of him did not go out before time. That they made sure of it. Uh, so there was something here about the men which God raised for this season, like John, uh, John the Baptist, the same thing happened to John the Baptist. Praise God. And, and so you, you see that John in the book of, um, I think the end of chapter one, was saying that he said that the child remained, it, it grew, verse, verse 80. John chapter one, verse 80, he says that the, and the child grew, and walked strong in spirit, the same thing that happened to Jesus, right? So he grew and, and he, he walked strong in spirit and was in the deserts until the day of his showing unto Israel. So the, of course, by the time he began to baptize, that was already, he was already in his season of showing. Am I correct? He was, he was in his season of showing unto Israel. He had come into the operation of the, the work that he was raised for, the work he was raised to do. Amen. But the place of the wilderness is a place of incubation, is a place of preparation, which he stayed. And that was where the, the development of, of John happened. There was a physical wilderness for John because John was of the, or was the, of the, the first order Amen. And the first order of men, God had to deal with them a lot of times using the physical. Why? Because their spirits were dead. So it had to, a lot of times, the Holy Ghost could have had to operate externally. So to teach John the spirit, to learn the spirit that John learned, the Holy Ghost had to be doing things in the wilderness. He had to physically separate him from the life uh, that most men were living. Praise God. Uh, but when it came to Jesus, Jesus did not need to go into the wilderness. They had, the Holy Ghost could create wilderness um, where he was. Amen. I, I believe Nazareth was a wilderness to Jesus. It was the design of Nazareth. You know when you say Nazareth, or for Philip to say, can any good, so Nathaniel, to say, can any good thing come out of 
it means that it's a wilderness because the wilderness is a place that no good thing can come out from. Amen. <laughs> so it was a, it was a, it was maybe a, it was a rural wilderness, right? A wilderness where there are houses and all, but it's still a wilderness because no, you can't expect anything out of it. Praise God. So, so Jesus grew up in that, hidden in that place um, by, the, by the Spirit. But then when it was time for him to be shown to Israel, they had to move him physically, actually, into the wilderness for him to, um, for his body to partake of the same experience which his soul had been partaking of for years. Do you agree with that? So, so in the wilderness, his body had to, was also baptized into the same operation that his soul had been undergoing in Nazareth, right? So in that time, in the wilderness, he took him there because in the wilderness, there is no, when you go to the wilderness, there is no food. So they had to take him there because um, you don't have fruits to pluck, to eat. Praise God, he had to be there for his body to come into alignment, are you getting me? So there was a test of his body as well in that place of the wilderness. Praise the Lord. So he wasn't like John. John was, after a while, they, they had to find a way to manage John. So in the wilderness, John wasn't constantly fasting. John was living a fasted life, right? He was, you know, it's different to fasting and living a fasted life. He found by the Spirit, John found the fasted life of the wilderness, where he was just eating white locusts and honey. Right? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. So that, that locust means locust beans that he was eating. And honey. Amen. So that, those things were, they are foods that they won't fill you up, but they will just keep you going. <laughs> For, that was, so that's the, that was the kind of life. But Jesus was just a short period, 40 days. 40 days, they say you should go and then they want to test his body. What was the purpose of 40 days? Made him not eating. So they want to check whether the, the program, the Christ program in him has traveled into his body. Uh, right? Because the body, uh, the, the body is where that's the final point. That's how you test inheritance. Was anything that, has not, that hasn't been done in the body or there's not any law that does not manifest in the body. You, you can't really trust it, really. Because, and even when it comes to judgment, it's according to the things which you, you've done in your body. Praise God. That's why you see Paul says, after I have preached every I put my body on there. Lest after I have preached to, to everybody, I myself will be what? So it's possible that not putting your body on there can make you be what? Cast away. Because they test what was done with the body. The life in the soul is supposed to, to, to travel into the body. Praise the Lord. So, so these things are not ordinary, like what him going into the wilderness for, for 40 days. Praise God. And then he, after the temptation of the wilderness, he came out. And his, the Bible says his fame spread. Right? So... After the temptation of the wilderness, he had told his mom his hour had not yet come. But after this time, his hour had come, right, after the wilderness. And then he proceeded into the temple to 
make it known. He went to declare it in the temple that, look, my hour has actually come. That, that which has been written concerning me, amen, that that is what it is time that today, in, in, he said that in verse, verse 1, verse 21, he said, and he began to say unto them that this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. And what scripture was fulfilled? That the spirit of the Lord was upon him. That's a, the summary of what was, was fulfilled on that day. Was the, the, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. And you know that spirit of the Lord was, they spoke about that spirit in the book of Isaiah, chapter 11. Amen. That you saw that that spirit of the Lord is actually a, is a spirit when you say the spirit of the Lord is upon, it's actually the, the spirit of the development of Christ. Do you agree? Yes. The, is the spirit of what? Of the development of Christ, of the spirit of the Christ stature. So, so that spirit was upon him. And we said that the, the purpose of that spirit of the Lord was to make him acceptable, right, to... He bring him to what he called the acceptable what year of the Lord. Praise the Lord. He brought him into what? The acceptable what? Year of the Lord. Praise God. So, but they had to test that spirit. They had to test the spirit of the Lord upon him. Because you have not fully overcome or you can't really be approved by God. You remember? Because... That thing called the acceptance here is actually a business that has to do with the father. Right? The father must be engaged to, to do or to. Yes. So that's one thing that's very particular about this realm that Jesus was in is that, is that it is a, it's a realm of authority. Do you agree with that? It's actually a realm of what? Authority. When you begin to get to this realm, you now see they begin to, to use the language like no man taketh this honor upon himself. When they use, or the him that is called of God as Aaron was called of God. Are you getting me? So that, that, that honor is, is a particular honor. It wasn't the honor of even the, of the Levites or the sons of Aaron. They were speaking about a particular honor, which is the honor to pass of passage. Do you agree? The honor of passage through the, through the veil into the presence of God is an honor that no man taketh that honor upon himself. Amen. But except him, that what is called of God. Praise the Lord. He did not make himself an high priest. He spoke in Hebrews also Jesus as well. He didn't make himself an high priest, but him that saith unto him, that word, you are my son. Today have I begotten thee. Him that saith unto him. That word saith unto him is talking about the access is in the hand of the father. Only in, only in the father's hand, amen, do they grant access into this realm. So that thing is called, that access is called acceptance for a soul. So a soul is supposed to do everything. The, the Father has given the program, the, the cause of acceptance. And he said, this is what you need to do to be accepted by me. Praise God. 
And, and so Jesus did that. And at this time, the, after the acceptation, the, the father had and said, okay, no problem. We'll arrange a temptation for you, which he did arrange, like we were seeing yesterday. And they, he went into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's something about that temptation. Praise God. Let's see. That time of Jesus in the in in the wilderness. Praise God. He was a. You know, it was a type of the children of Israel. The kind of journey, right, that they also experienced. So, one of the main reasons for the children of Israel to pass through the wilderness was to, for God to actually try them. Right, is to develop them and to try them. But instead, decided trying God. You know, that's what the Bible says, that God said, look, these, these people, they wore me out, actually. He said that your, your, your fathers, they, they tried me in the wilderness. Amen. You know what it means to try God? What it means to try God? We are saying amen, but that's what we, all, we are doing. Many of us are doing that. Many of us do that every day, praise God. To try God means to push the limits to see how far you can go in disobedience. <laughs> you understand? That's what, that's what it means to try God. When you're, he said, he tried me in the wilderness. Praise the Lord. He said, I was not pleased. I was actually vexed with that generation. Right? So, and that's what they kept, they kept trying to push the boundaries to see how, okay, we've gone this far. How far can we go again in disobedience? And they kept pushing the boundaries. Amen. So that thing wasn't, it didn't really, really work out. But there are things there that you see types of what God wanted to achieve demonstrated in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now when he went there, the, you see the temptations, thank you, Father. The temptations Everything, all those three temptations of Jesus, they have all happened to the Israelites. Right? All those three temptations, they happen. They happen to the Israelites. In fact, those things were the things that were in them. Those were the things that they failed. They failed all those tests. Praise God. Let's read the temptation in Luke chapter 4. It says that, and being full of the Spirit, from verse 1, Luke 4 verse 1, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, right? Being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward did what? Hunger. Now, so in those 40 days, he was tempted of the devil. 
Then after he had been, the devil had been tempting him, then after the devil now began to say to him, after the 40 days, right? So it means that this thing that the devil said were not all the temptation that Jesus had in the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of temptation. A place. Once Israel entered that wilderness, the land began to speak to them. The environment began to speak to them. It began to disturb them. The wilderness is a place of disturbance for the soul. It disturbs the soul. To, it's trying to awaken a, a reaction against God. Praise the Lord. That's what the, the learning of Christ is supposed to do. The learning of Christ is actually supposed to it's also to expose any tendency to, to disobey the pleasure of God within the soul. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, so, so he was tempted by the devil, but these things they mentioned here were the things that the devil now gathered and said to him. Right? He said to him. So he's actually a, he's a summary right, of the, all the temptations, just trying to, to summarize the temptation into and make it very plain and very, very clear to him. Amen. Amen. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone so that it be made what? Bread. Command this stone that it be made bread. So it's not, so when temptation has phases, it's not, temptation doesn't start with the breaking out of the voice of the enemy to you. It doesn't start like that. Check how Eve was tempted. Eve, the, the, the first time she was having feeling about her fruit, I don't think it was the first time that the Satan came and told her about it. Maybe, let's say Adam, not Eve, Adam. Adam, I'm sure he must have been seeing that tree, looking at that tree, and what's the words there? And then it was that thing that, you know, because that temptation, he said that you are, tempted when you are drawn away by your, by your own lusts. Praise the Lord. So, so this temptation was trying to look for things that are hidden within Jesus. He wanted to get Jesus to be angry with the, with the, with the environment of the world, of the wilderness. To step out and become angry with the environment of the wilderness. But but because he was, he was, Jesus was able to stay constantly attentive to the supernatural provision of the Spirit. Now the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And then Jesus answered him and saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. By every word of God. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word. So are you seeing that temptation here? Right? So it is this the main this is one of the, this is the probably one of the biggest temptations that a Christ can face. Right? One of the biggest temptations that a Christ can face is this temptation. Right? And this temptation, they don't even this temptation came at the end. Because what they are trying to check is that is this man ready for the word of God? For every word of God. Now, every word of God is not, you don't find every word of God really inside in the, in, in the holy place. 
I'm thinking about the actual, we've spoken about that now, the, where the, the actual word of God begins, really. It's actually in the most holy place. But a Christ is a, is a developed, is a stature that has developed appetite for that thing called every word. So it's a Christ, is a soul that has developed the, the stature that's ready to go into the school of hackening. Hackening unto the voice of his word is the... Is the a soul that is tuned to every word. So when you see a soul that is getting ready for to take the journey through the veil, is is a soul that 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 they don't have a kind of God's word that triggers them and gets them bored and angry. Anyway, one of the ways that they check whether a soul is ready for that room is that they will just amplify the word a little, Boom. raise the speaker volume, and then they raise the they 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 bring the ambience. They will change it. You know how they, they speak in the most holy. It's not how they speak in the holy place. It's a different mannerism. It's a different kind of of thing. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, in the most holy, they can be speaking. They can be the, the, the words. See, out of the throne became where lighting means thunderings and voices. So. So a soul that is lent, you know, you know, candle, when you light a candle inside a holy place in the night time, it's a very stable light. You just see there. What makes the, the candle blue move is breeze, but there's no breeze inside the holy place. Very, very stable light. Praise the Lord. But when you begin to move into the most holy place, like what invaded the mountain, praise God. Imagine that morning, all Israel. You know they didn't plan to run back. Are you getting me? You understand? I mean, think about the sacrifice that they made to get to that third day. Because God told Moses, he said, go and tell them, in three days, I'm coming. So go tell them, prepare yourself. Don't touch your wives. Do everything. That thing must have been a big sacrifice for them. So it wasn't like they were just rebellious from the start saying, no, no, God, we're not interested in here. No, 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 no. They wash themselves, they clean themselves, they, they didn't touch their wives. Ah, our God is coming, oh wow. They were happy. Oh my God, we are waiting, we're waiting for you, oh God. Thank you. Are you getting me? They gathered everything, but when God landed, what happened? What happened? Commotion started. What is this? What is this? Why? How? Are you getting me? You know, discovered that they, were, they, had, they, were, they had things they were still keeping. That when you see the thundering, the voices, is a threat to your life. You'll be seeing, you'll be seeing how you will not survive it. But... Uh, but when someone has things that he left, you know when they came, they have in their heart or whatever they stay, they still have a life around that place. Some things they left to go and see God and then come back to, to continue. But when they saw that thing on the mountain, that there's, there's a high chance I may not return from this place. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting me? So they said, no problem, Moses, we can sacrifice you. Yes, you. You don't even have a life to start with. <laughs> So, we might as well just give you, well, let's donate you to God. Praise the Lord. So, so, by the time they began to hear, so it means that the nature, the preparedness of hearkening was not on the inside of them. They don't, 
the preparedness of hearkening to the voice of his word. The same thing that happens with his soul. That by the time the breakthrough, wow, aha, what a righteousness, faith, hope, charity, you understand it, the love of the brethren, you understand, you can define that arena, you can define, you know, the whole terrain, everything, anyhow you want to come, we can, we can go, anywhere you want. You want to go through Old Testament, we can use the tabernacle to show it to you. You can use the menorah, you know, the spirits, the seven spirits of God, the table of the showbread. You have the table of the, you know, you know everything. Praise the Lord. You know the, the meaning of, say, faith of the son. You know what I'm talking about? It's not the same faith towards God. It's not the faith, you know, you understand all of those things. You enjoy the doctrine of Christ. Then one day, one man just sits down and says, telling you there's something called everlasting life. What will happen? I mean, if you, when you heard that, something didn't happen to your heart at first. You were just holy. How many of you that when you heard that everlasting life thing, you didn't feel like this thing is all my revelation? What will happen to them? When, <laughs> when this light. <laughs> Why? Because you built your heart. You had a life. You had a life that you are, that you are living. You had, you had a way that you had, you know, you had packaged yourself. The things that Christ's life could not touch yet, you are still enjoying them. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, no man have a drunken of an old wine, outrightly desires to the new, because it says the old one is better. Now, I'm not saying, of course, that Christ's life is old, but I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you the nature of the soul. You know what I mean? The soul likes... So we get familiar with something and stick with it. Are you seeing that? So that was the same attitude of the, of the, the Israelites, right? To, they, had, they had found a way in the wilderness to be okay. Then God said, now came and said, I want to meet with you so that my fear might be in you, so that you might not sin. And it means there were still sins in them. Do you understand that? Yes, Praise the Lord. You get that. So this is the same thing. So the reason for wilderness is so that man should learn. That you should learn that man should not live by bread alone, but by the word. By every word of God. That in, I don't believe what they are saying here is just that man should not be eating bread and then be listening. Because check where the, this thing came from. Was it Jesus was quoting the scriptures, right? He was quoting Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 8, right? Verse 3. Amen. And Moses was telling them the reason why God did those things, why the, 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 the Lord brought manna, when it was the, the dealing with manna. Are you getting me? Let's read it, Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 8. There's something about food to the soul that soul must be careful with. Anything that you eat and you start enjoying, once you start enjoying it, spirit, other spirits can use it. Praise God. 
What verse is that now? Yeah, so um, let's see. All the commandments which I commanded this day that I shall observe to do. Amen. That you may live and multiply and go in and then possess the land, right? Which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee. You've seen the purpose of the, the leading in the wilderness, right? Is to humble thee, to prove thee, and to know what was in thine heart. Are you seeing what I was just describing about the purpose of the wilderness? Right? Whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or no. And he, he'd humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread alone only, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Of course, the Lord here is actually the mouth of God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So, so this thing here is talking about actually transition of meal. Transition of meal, because... He said, the purpose of the, of, the command, of the wilderness is to see whether you will keep his commandments. His, his commandments. That's the commandments of God. Do you see that? Yes. Now, so you see that, that thing of manna. Amen. See, what is the meaning of that? That the reason why we brought manna is to make you know that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word. So, did God take away all the food and say, no more eating anymore. Open your mouth and then let what come inside. Is that what God, is that what God did? Do you understand? That? Manna was also bread, a bread. If you check the scripture, when they describe manna, they describe manna as bread. It's a kind of bread. Manna was a kind of bread. So manna was actually bread. But God wanted them to switch from bread. It was, it was a bread, but it was a type of bread. Manna was actually a type of bread. It's a holy bread. But it's a bread that can connect the soul to commandments. Praise God. Do you agree? Is a soul, is a bread, manna is a bread of training. Is a bread of what? Of training. Is a bread of training that should do what? Come bring the soul into a liver by what? By commandments. To make his soul be living by commandment. You know, God sending manna from heaven was actually a low operation. A physically low operation for them. Right, but he, he now is, he did it, but it's also now a faith program because it's coming from above. So include to raise them up to actually a point where you can live by word because word can actually create things. Word can satisfy the body. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so, 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 so manna is the food of the wilderness, right? So manna, say manna. Manna, manna is actually typified by. Manna is typified by the shoe bread in the holy place. 
praise God, is a type of bread. And when you go into the tabernacle, you find bread in the holy place, which is the priestly bread. Then there is now what they call the hidden manna, which is inside the most holy. The bread in the sanctuary is the manna of the sanctuary. So you have manna, then you have the hidden what? Hidden manna. You have manna, then you have what? The hidden manna. The hidden manna is the manna within. Praise God. So when they came to test Jesus, not going to check, okay, the prophetic symbolism of that thing is to check, has this man grown up from bread? Right, so has he grown up from what? From bread. Has he grown up from bread? To a point where he can live by what? By the word. Are you, are you getting me? So when Jesus was in the wilderness, that 40 days he was in the wilderness, he was undergoing a training, right, to be satisfied spiritually. Then when he finished it, they now had to check it. How did they check it? To see whether he has mastered that pattern. How they checked it is that they now activated his hunger again. In the 40 days, Jesus was not hungry. That was the, that was the secret of that temptation. Let's check it, let's check it. In that Luke chapter 4, right? So let's see. Then verse 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, right? And then being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. Are you seeing that? And when they were ended, means after 40 days, he afterward hungered. It was after 40 days. Well, let's check. This is Luke. Let's see. Let's check the other ones. How did, what did they say? Let's see Matthew. Matthew chapter 4. Praise God. Do you see that? Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Then, then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And then the tempter came to him in verse 3. It was afterward. It wasn't why he was there because there was a sustenance. There was a training he was undergoing while he was there. And then after, after that training was complete, they had to test it. They had to tell whether well, has he become one with this, with this thing, with, with this other method of, of satisfaction. Father, ask to pray, hello, Tamaka. Let's see, let's see another another record. Let's see. 
did, did, did Mark record it? Let's see. No. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mark did not really record it. He just said he was tempted, right? Right? Then let's see, well, let's see John. 40 days tempted of Satan with, with was it wild, wild beasts? Right? So he didn't go too far. But what did John say? Let's see. John, John I, don't, I don't think, did John record that thing? He didn't, okay. So it's Matthew. It was Matthew and, and Luke. Amen. And by the mouth of two witnesses, the word is confirmed. Praise God. So, so this, what, what are the coincidences? They, they said it was afterward that he, he hungered. So it means that the training of the wilderness is actually the training, is the preparation of the soul to hack into what? To hack into every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So when, when Satan came and said, okay, turn this stone to bread, he said, no, 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 I've, I've learned another way. The purpose of my training for 40 days is to learn to prepare me for something that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So Jesus learning to live, the purpose of the training of the wilderness of Christ is to train the soul to Live by every word. Say every word. Every word. Every word means you don't pick and choose. So a soul that is ready to follow the way into the holiest is a soul that has abandoned, they've abandoned their opinions about the speakings of God. In the holy place, in the most holy place, no soul, that's not a realm for, I have a question, no. That's not... If we're in four, I have a question. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. <laughs> you know why? Because the, the man that has been asking questions should have died by that time. Yeah. That's the purpose of the holy place. That long journey in the holy place of wilderness is to kill the man. That's, I, have a, I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. Excuse me. I have a question. That's how the Israelites was, right? They would have a question generation in the wilderness. Moses, what about? Thank you, Jesus. Shamarata Pahorios. Thank you. Alabaroso Pranegedosi Vramantali Anoso Pababa Bosche Valianata. 
it was a journey for to turn. It was a journey for to turn. It was a journey for to turn. It is a journey for to turn you, for to turn you from your ways, for not to be wise in your own eyes, but to incline to another wisdom, to incline to another wisdom, to incline to other thoughts, to incline to other thoughts, to incline to other thoughts, not leaning on your own wisdom, not leaning on your own ways, but to see the eye ways, to see the eye ways to see the eye ways it was this is a journey for Tony it's a journey for Tony it's a journey of trust and dependency on what you don't see it's a journey on dependency on what you don't see it's a dependency on what doesn't make sense to you it's a dependency on what doesn't make sense to you it's turning you it's turning you it's turning you into an into an entity of wisdom that the world does not understand. It's Thank a journey Jesus. of turning you. Thank it's you, a Jesus. journey of turning. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you. We're going to turn. We will turn. Amen. We will turn in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. So, so that realm, we are speaking about the realm that realm is a realm where the is a realm of hearkening, right? It's a realm of hearkening, like Jesus. You saw Jesus transition into that, into that realm. It was, it was transitioning. It's not a realm of disputing. You know, Jesus, when you saw Jesus at the age of 12, that was he was in the school of Christ. He was still disputing things. You know, he would go into the Temple. I'm sure that was a common practice for him then. I'm sure it wasn't just that once he did it. Scholars would come and then they would ask, and then he would talk about it from his own side. And in the, in the, they are disputing. They were not, wow, this guy has a wisdom. There's a wisdom that with which he was speaking. He was speaking by a particular wisdom. Of course, we know he was growing by wisdom and grace. So that was increasing. Right? So, so by that time, I perceived Jesus sometimes not fully agreeing with some things. And it would take time for the Lord to really help him to see certain things. Are you, are you get what I'm saying? Um, so, the, 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 the um, amen. amen. The, one of the main purpose of the week, of the, of the wilderness is to, let's see that, that Deuteronomy chapter 8, let's read that place again. Deuteronomy. <clears throat> Chapter 8. Uh, the Lord is just showing us all the things that we need to let go and the things that need to fall off us for us to come into this place that the Lord wants to bring to us. He said that, verse 2, said that, And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee. That's the first thing. To prove thee. To know what was in thy heart. Whether thou wouldest keep his word commandment or not. And then he humbled thee and then suffered thee to hunger. 
Amen. So you see that humbling, that humbling attitude is actually the, is, is, a, is the attitude of um, what they, they call the broken heart and a contrite spirit. The broken heart. And you say, which man? With the, unto this man will I look. That man which he will look is actually the graduate of, the, of Christ. He's a Christ, a full Christ, right? Who has moving, who is moving into the realm of being of being considered by God. Right? To be considered by God is a soul that has attained the purpose of the learning of Christ is to make you attain brokenness and to make you attain contriteness of spirit. To make you a broken heart and of a what? A contrite spirit. Then a heart that trembles at my word. That's the realm of the beginning of trembling of its word is the beginning of its everlasting life. The realm of everlasting life is the realm of trembling at his word. Amen. Amen. So, so that heart is a, is a broken heart. It means a heart that they have broken. The heart that has 100 questions is not broken yet. That's how you know men that are not broken. You've not finished the sentence. You already have three questions out of what you said. Amen. That's a, it's not a broken heart. Then a contrite spirit. What's a contrite spirit? A contrite spirit is the one that is aware of his word. To contrite. What's the word contrition? Contrition means you accept the blame. Amen. You accept what? The blame. You have to accept the blame is contrition. So a contrite spirit is a spirit or a heart that accepts what? The blame. You accept the blame. What does it mean to accept the blame? Amen. It is that by that time, you, you, now, have the, you now have the revelation of sins. Right? Because that is what the everlasting realm is meant for. Is to bring an end of, make an end of sins. Amen. Is to finish, remove the transgressions completely. One of the main purpose reasons of Christ is to actually is to actually make a man see define sin to a man. Or that sin is actually iniquity. Make the man know what iniquity is. Only the eyes of a Christ, a full Christ, can see what iniquity is. So it is a revelation of that iniquity. That thing is what makes a man broken. And a, and a man, what? Contrite. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, so men, men in the school of everlasting life are broken men. Broken people. They are contrite people. They don't think they're actually righteous. Even though you are saying, wow, you are righteous. You are a Christ. Whoa! But that's to you. But to them... They have lifted their standard. Their standard is now God. So that's an everlasting man. An everlasting man is a man whose standard is God. Amen. That is an, that is an everlasting word. An everlasting man. An everlasting man is a man whose word standard is God. Maybe, I should, maybe we should pause a bit. Just break this down a little. And then, what is the meaning of that? What is the meaning of that? A Christ has limit. 
Do you get that? Christ has a, Christ has a limit. There's a, there's a language inside a Christ that a Christ can have. And what is the limit of a Christ? The limit of a Christ is what he can see. You get that? And what a Christ sees is called what you call pleasure. It's what, or what you call the acceptable will of God. It's the dimension of the will of God. It's the that acceptable will of God. It's what is the vision of a Christ. It's what he calls pleasure. And, and a Christ, is a, is a, a full Christ is a soul that can finish the acceptable will. means he, he, he will do everything it takes to be acceptable. Do you get what I'm trying to say? He will do what? Everything what it takes to be what? To be acceptable. In the, when you see a Christ, a Christ, for example, a Christ, you see, God does not command a Christ to love all men, because he can't. You will never see that. God will never command a Christ to love all men. A Christ cannot love all men. Rather, they said, we will create a boundary of what, who you should really focus to love. They are called brethren. They are, a brethren are a particular kind of people with certain, a certain kind of life, life manifestation. And, and what the life which brethren manifest are actually laws. The laws of brotherhood, of sonship, which are interwoven into them. And those laws have their limits. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so a Christ is, you know, what they will say to a Christ, be at peace as much as you can, you know, don't fight other people. But when it comes to love, they will now say, especially those of the household of faith. They always put that thing when it comes to commandment of Christ. Means zero in on your brethren. That's your job. If you, your job is not to go and love everybody. Because it, in the realm of Christ, that, that thing is not in there. The powers for that is not there. That is a God power. For you to, be, to, to love all kinds of men, you must be everlasting. You must be, say ever, everlasting. God will not bring a Judas to a Christ to love. You mean that just you are just a, you just have Christ stature. God will not bring Judas to a Christ to love. He's too high because Judas was higher than him. If it was a Christ handling Judas, what God will give him wisdom to do is look this guy, put him aside, just leave him in one corner, and so you can finish your own part of a Christ. Because if just a Christ starts trying to love a Judas, he can end up becoming a Judas. Because he doesn't have the power. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is, they are bringing definition to all these things. Are you getting me? So, so a Christ has a perimeter of what he is empowered to do. Praise God. But when you now begin to move beyond the Christ level into the everlasting world, you are moving into the realm of all things. Like where is the realm of endlessness. That's what everlasting. It continued. It continued ever. That's the nature of the high priest which they spoke about in the book of Hebrews. 
because he continued ever. He has an what? He has an unchangeable priesthood. An unchangeable priesthood is a priesthood that can handle anything, any sin that you bring. Are you getting me? I don't feel I don't feel like you are getting what I'm saying. Are you sure? So all I'm just trying to tell you is that the world will soon be having demand for everlasting men. The world will soon be having where? Demand for everlasting everlasting souls. Praise the Lord. So in the everlasting realm, you are, you are seeing the realm of no limitless potential. Yes, Looking about the soul coming into a limitless potential in righteousness. That, so that's the world of that training. Because Why? Because they have gotten into an, a realm of exposure to every word of God. Right? A Christ doesn't have access to every word of God. He has the access to the acceptable word, the word that can make him acceptable to God. Right? But every word of God is the word that comes to who? His soul that they want to expand and expound into an everlasting word, an everlasting nature. Praise God. The world, you know, the world is changing now. The time is, go, is almost quickly going where you can live inside your little cocoon and only really, really have close proximity to brethren. You know what I mean? That if you really wanted, you can really just find, okay, I'm, not, I'm just going to live inside my safe space with my brethren. Who you, you obey the same kind of laws, even though they are high laws. And they push you. You know, the law of brethren is high, very high. It's very hard to live with someone who is, who is a charity soul. Hard to live with them because if you are not at that level, there will be friction. They will be offending you. Their, their work will be offending you. You know what I mean? So it has a high responsibility. But the world is, is also is morphing now where the, the spirit of, of inequity, right, is actually at work, right? And, and that spirit of iniquity is actually for the desolation of any temple. When it sees a temple, is coming. It doesn't, want, it doesn't want any safe space. The temple is a safe space of worship. Where, the temple is where people can, can privately and secretly practice their worship without disturbance, right? So you see the spirit in the world right now is a spirit that is rising against temples, they are getting to a point where they are not just concerned whether you have a church building or not. They are not just concerned about that. After they tear down your church building, they are still not. They will not be okay. They are. They are wondering. Are you still talking that thing inside your home? That thing. Are you saying it in your home? Are you saying it to your kids? From after your kids, are you saying it to your wife? Then after the, do you think it? Is there a way we can check whether you do you think that thing? I, I don't even get what I'm saying. 
You getting me? So, so, so the time. Praise God. Um, so, so if you don't, if we don't move into everlasting strength, you know. So, who's an everlasting man? An everlasting man can live with a devil, and he's okay. A Christ cannot live with a devil and be okay. You have to run. <laughs> Are you getting me? But the world will so, and that's one of the mysteries. Say the mystery of iniquity. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Is to the mystery of iniquity is to, to they want to sniff out any space that that any they want to impose the, the weight of iniquity upon the earth that. Any stature that doesn't have the, the resistance to our weight will be taken away. So there will be no space where you can hide from iniquity. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So this is, I'm just trying to pen a case for us. Some of us will say, ah, I just want to be Christ a little and I'm okay. It doesn't work <laughs> in these times. We need to hasten quickly. We need to hasten quickly. We need to hasten quickly. We need to hasten quickly where your, your stamina to... To of resistance against iniquity has to what has to arise and be be solid. Praise God. Does that make sense? Are you seeing the Are you seeing the reason for these things? So Jesus had to wait. Let's go back to Luke 4. Luke 4, chapter... Chapter 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through where all the region were round about, and he taught in their synagogues, and being, being then glorified of all. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now Jesus, when the, the Spirit came upon him, right, and led him into the wilderness to be tempted, and so he passed that temptation, and after that, the Lord permitted him to now go around, right? If you check, he went all through that region, praise God, to be preaching and then to be teaching both in the synagogues, right, and everywhere. He could teach everywhere. Amen. Amen. Now, Jesus was given that level of exposure because of the, of course, it was also a controlled exposure if you check Jesus' life, right? It wasn't there sometimes when you get to a point and you would just leave. You would just pull away. It wasn't, it was because that was the training was a season of training that he was, he was undergoing. Amen. Amen. 
Now, now, so Jesus um, was actually, uh, he was actually raised by God to be a speaker to all kinds of men, to different kinds of men. I mean, different kind of men in terms of their soul, what God has, has kept on where? On the inside of them. Praise God. Now, in the book of John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but would have everlasting life. Should not perish. So that's the reason why he, he came. He came to bring the, the conversation, amen, amen, that will make men not to perish. Praise God. Now, that conversation that will make men not to perish, even though he was speaking that language, he was communicating in that language, but there was a veil over him in that time that it wasn't easy to discern that this man, it wasn't easy to discern the, the power and the spirit behind his own teaching. It wasn't easy to discern it. But he was veiled, and the veil that they put around him was the miracles that he was doing. Right. So, because of the miracles that he was doing, it's easy to summarize Jesus right, as just a miracle-working man. Praise the Lord. Now, that veil is still present, right, upon Jesus till today. And until that veil is removed, until that veil is what? Is removed, we won't be able to see the curriculum of the life that Jesus or we won't be able to see the curriculum of what we need to believe in order to receive everlasting life. That that curriculum of what we need to believe to receive everlasting life is actually buried, is actually buried within the, the flesh of a man. Praise God. It's actually what? Buried within the flesh of a man. So, in the scripture, the veil behind that realm is actually the veil. You know, you must pass through the veil. That thing, there's a veil. Say veil. There's a veil surrounding the realm of everlasting life. That you can't, it's hard to connect. Now, you know, so, John was, a, was an apostle of everlasting life and eternal life. And, and he apostled it. Jesus also came in an apostolic sense, an apostolic way in the book of Revelation through John as well. And he laid down things about that, that life. Praise God. But that, those things... If you're not able to pass through the veil of Jesus' flesh, 
is hard to connect the speakings of the or the doctrines of everlasting and eternal life. Is actually the veil of Jesus' flesh is actually a passage into that world. That if they bring the things from there to you, and you've not, and in you there hasn't been a removal of the veil around the flesh of Jesus, you will not be able to comprehend that. Most of the things, it's a heart that has not been unveiled in terms of a heart that has not, in whom they've not removed the veil of Jesus' flesh from, will be difficult to comprehend the, all the content of the book. It's difficult to, con- to understand the content of what? Of the book. Which book? Of course, the things that are archived, mainly in the book of Revelation, but even in the book of John and the book of, and the, and the other books. So that's why you see John, John the Apostle. John was, is an apostle of that life, right? He's an apostle, like the way Paul was an apostle of Christ. John was actually an apostle of the other life, which is of the life within, of the most holy life, right? So that's why they permitted John to write, when he was, John was coming into his, his season of writing. No, John did not write until later, 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 later. Right? John was an apostle for almost all the, all the gospels have been written. Almost all, all the epistles have been written. Are you seeing that book of John that we are reading? Not first John, second John. I mean the epistle of John. The, sorry, the gospel of John. They had written Matthew, Mark, Luke a long time ago before John finally wrote his own gospel. So, when you check the chronology of the books, it wasn't just chronologically like that. It wasn't they wrote Matthew, Mark, no. In terms of the years when they wrote it, John was already old when he was writing the book of John. So, so by that time, he, was, he had come into the season of the declaration of, everla- of the doctrine of everlasting life and eternal life. Right? That's one of the reasons for why he was on the island of Patmos. But before... He, the book of Revelation come, came before the epistles of John came. First John, second John, third John came. He said, okay, he has to now write his own version of the gospel. He has to write his own version of the gospel that carries a particular character about it. It has an, with an insight about it. And that should precede the epistles of of John, First John, Second John, and Third John. Praise the Lord. And then the writing of the book of Revelation. So that book of First John is actually the is actually the sorry, not First John, the epistle, the, the Gospel of John. One of the main purpose of the Gospel of John is the tearing of the veil called Jesus' flesh. Amen. Amen. Is the tearing of what? The veil called Jesus' flesh. That's the purpose of the gospel of John. So John's gospel is different, right? God's, John's gospel is, is a different gospel. It's different from Matthew, Mark, 
and Luke. They are different. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they wrote, they wrote it down with the veil still intact. Right? Even though they wrote the same stories, but what they pick, there are things they, they didn't talk about to keep the veil intact. So they wrote him, it down with that veil. But John, when he was writing his own, we saw the example of his own archive of the beginning of Jesus' ministry when Jesus was entering into this realm. How instead of jumping from baptism, spirit upon him, jumping into wilderness and all, he took time, he said the next day. Because there were things about those days that constitute an unveiling to certain attribute of Jesus. There's some things, key things that now we began to discover reading that place. And I discovered something. Ah, that, for example, Peter. When you read it, you think like Peter, Peter, when Peter became the disciple of Jesus, it wasn't the first day he saw him. You know, we, we, no, we think, you know the way the other place rendered it, which was it Matthew or so, where he went there, they were fishing on the boat. He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's how we saw. We thought, he thought, he thought that was the first time that Jesus saw Peter. But that was not the first time. John made us not realize that. Well, on the, was it the second day after um, John saw him? He said, behold, the Lamb of God. There were two disciples with John. One of them was Andrew, was Peter's brother. Do you agree? Yes, sir. Let's read that place. Praise God. You see that? So, the, so let's see. And um, the next day, verse 35, John 1.35, says, and the next day, after John stood and the two of his disciples, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, and said unto them, What seek ye? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? Where are, you, where are you living? And then he saith unto them, Come and see. And they came and saw where he dwelt, and abode with him that day, for it was around the tenth hour. So when they came, both of them came to Jesus' house where he was dwelling. It was around 4 p.m. Right? The tenth hour is 4 p.m. in the evening. Amen. You count the hour. They count the hours from 6 a.m. Right? When it's on the, well, at the third hour of the day, that's 9 a.m. When, when Peter was, it was praying, when he went up, that was, that was around 9 a.m. So, I don't know, am I correct? Praise God. But anyway, the, six, the 10 hours, 10th hour is 4 p.m. So, it was already getting to evening. Praise God. So, so they went there, and so they, because of that, they, have, they slept in his house, Andrew and the other guy left in his house that night. And then one of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And he first finded his own brother, Simon, and then said unto him, we have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And then he brought him to Jesus. 
And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called what? Kephas, which is by interpretation, a stone. Then he now went on, praise God, to, to see. He found Philip and all that. Now, he didn't tell Peter, follow me. He didn't tell those guys, follow me at this time. I mean, they must have come. They stayed one night with Jesus. He brought his brother and then he must have gone back. At that time. They must have gone back. Are you seeing that? At that what? At that time. So that wasn't the time. So it means that Peter came. Peter was a strong guy. It wasn't easy to conquer Peter. Even though they came and said, you are the Messiah, we've seen, we've seen everything. We, we, we agree and then God bless you, your ministry. We will pray for you. The Lord will help your ministry. And then they went back to go and fish. Yes. <laughs> Am I correct? So, so it's not everybody you can say, follow me. That's some wisdom some ministers don't know. Jesus was a, we have to close. But, so Jesus was at a high, high side. Praise God. When Jesus saw him, he said, right now, I can't tell you to follow me right now. It's not time yet. But when he saw Philip, he told Philip, follow me. Right? And this was before Jesus even went into the wilderness and all of that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. But it was later, the point where he told him, follow me, was when he later found them again, fishing. It was two of them. Then he now told them, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers. Fishers of me. Are you seeing? Praise the Lord. So, there are, there are serious lessons here. There's no time to go into some of these things. Praise God. But you're getting a sense of John, the things that John picked in his gospel. Now, when, if you want to really understand the everlasting nature of Christ, right? John, check what John focused on. Many of the other gospels focus a lot on the miracles and everything, but they focus less on some of the specific things that Jesus said that pertain to his everlasting, the everlast, his everlasting work and his eternal work. That conversation, who picked it? John picked up that conversation. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we see Jesus, what I was trying to say to us is that Jesus himself um, is a veil. Is that his flesh is a veil that has to be unveiled. Let us just finally read that Hebrews chapter, chapter 10 and we'll pick it up next time. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Hebrews chapter 10. Um... Praise God. Verse, let's read verse 19. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest, right? By what? The blood of Jesus. So what, what is the meaning of the blood of Jesus? It's like what is within what you have to part his flesh to unveil. Because for, 
For your blood to come out, for it to rush out, you must part the flesh. You must cut the flesh for to, to reveal the blood. Praise God. So by that blood, it's by a new and living way which he had consecrated. That word consecrated means he had actually prepared for us through the veil, right? That is to see his flesh. So that, that veil, amen, that is flesh is actually the veil, amen, that what veils the holiest realms, right, is the, actually the flesh of Jesus. There was a time before I thought that that veil was the covering cherub. Who, because when, the, when Solomon built the temple, they built a thick veil, and God instructed him to put the cherubic um, work on the veil. So we assume that that was a position where Satan is standing. That you, that's the point where you have to overcome the cherub to enter the holiest. But that's not where the cherub is, because there are people in the holiest who haven't overcome the cherub. That veil is not that veil is not the point of his great his strength. That's the point where he stands to minister. Because that's the place where they put him upon the mountain for to minister to Zion. But that ministry he is coming from a, a higher realm than there. When you journey to that realm where he's coming from, you will still find him there. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you see, you see that veil of acceptance, of the veil of peace, that's not the point where you overcome the, the dragon. That's not the point. In fact, because that, at that point is your entrance into the everlasting world. You're just beginning to learn everlasting life. You know what I mean? You can't overcome him by that. It is somewhere in the holiest that you overcome him. Somewhere in the holiest. You must find that position where he's standing. It's not the throne. That's the position where he stands in that realm. Between the the veil and the, and the ark. There's a point where he stands there. That's the point where you overcome him. And it's with everlasting strength that he must be overcome. So that veil is not him. That veil is actually the, the flesh of Jesus. In other words, what, what makes the holiest not visible? What makes the holiest? What are you, what is locking, what is keeping the holy? You know, there are, there are multiple veils, am I correct? There is a veil which, which Paul's light would tear, which is that first veil. There are different hindrances to access. When you want to enter the kingdom, there's first the gates of the kingdom, right? Which is a ministration of the water and the spirit that unlocks that door. Are you getting me? So it means that without water and spirit, you cannot come into things beyond inside the kingdom. When you journey further, you now find there's the first veil, which the doctrine of Christ has a way to unlock that first veil. Are you getting? Well, when you finish the doctrine of Christ, you finish Christ's doctrine. When I find out there's another realm beyond the doctrine of Christ that men are not seeing. When you see men who haven't come there before, when you ask them, Oh, what's the end of obeying God? They will, they will describe everything they know as obeying God or, or pleasing God to you. You're not find that that thing stops at a point. That there are some things they don't know about the will of God. 
there are things that Jesus knew. But the, the flesh of Jesus must part. The flesh of Jesus must do what? Part. To do what? To discover the works. To discover what? The works. Aha. Amen. Amen. So that realm, it is a particular kind of word. Amen. That brings that things from that realm to it. So to even bring into your consciousness where you can begin to walk towards it, there must be a speaking from a particular dimension that must come to the soul, to awaken consciousness from the soul, of the soul, to journey into that place. Amen. Amen. The Lord will help us. We'll find mercy, we'll find grace, we'll find strength. As we, are, as we continue to pray in prayer, you will begin to see things will begin to dawn on the inside. Yeah. Things will begin to dawn, things will begin to dawn. Um, you will begin to find the strength for certain things. You know, sometimes, there are some things about Jesus, you can't find, trace the strength for so, some of those things. You can't, you can't comprehend the strength that took a man to the cross in the way that Jesus did. You cannot comprehend that kind of, it's an everlasting strength. I was able to do such things. But the funny thing is that the world, after a while, will begin to demand that kind of strength from, from us. But the Lord will, after a while, open the veil against, that, against those standards. And he will begin to bring insight, begin to bring revelation to our hearts. Praise God. Amen. Father, we thank you tonight. We give you all the praise. We bless you. Thank you for blessing us today. We trust that the seeds you have sown, that they will, you will, they will continue to be nurtured in our heart and that even with more watering of this seed and, Lord, adding more seeding to our soul, Lord, that we are gearing up for to a bountiful harvest of everlasting life. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth.